You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. History again for this Philadelphia Flyers franchise. Another. 10-game losing streak. I guess we'll talk about it. Let's go. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 132 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're not already following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the social media platforms, just search Orange and Backcheck Podcast. Or check us out in the show notes below. That's where you can find all the links to those respective platforms. Um, I, I mean, they did it again, Scott, and it's not the good one. This is now. I think you were telling me before the 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 the, the record, the recording started. Four losing, four ten game losing streaks in their franchise history, in the or in the last six years, give or take, whatever. I think you said seventeen, eighteen. Five years. Uh, in, so five years. Let me run through the numbers for I, you. I, I mean, this is insanity. We're going through this again under a third head coach in the three years. And by the way, it's not just three head coaches in two seasons. It's also three losing streaks in the calendar year. The last one ran from November, or the first one ran from November 18th to December 5th or something like that. Like, it's so stupid. We're, like, this is stupid. Go through your numbers. I, I would say you, you've hit the nail on the head. They've had, in their history, the Flyers have had six 10-game losing streaks, including this one. Okay? Four of them have happened in the last five years. Three of them have happened in the last calendar year. Now, look, I, I, I need to apologize to all our listeners out there. <laughs> Because you called me about this. I, 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 I currently, I should let everybody know, I, I am resigning. I, I am resigning. This is a really tough thing, but I am resigning from my t- self-imposed title of Hockstradamus. I really am. I am. <laughs> I mean, I ain't going anywhere on the podcast. Good luck with that. But the, the point is, I didn't think that they would lose 10 in a row. I, I, just, didn't, I just didnn't think that it would I happen. Told you, man. I, I, you were this... right, and you were absolutely right, and I got to give you credit for that because you hit the nail on the head, Bill. But I didn't. I thought, hey, you know what? You know they they've been playing. They they just make some dumb mistakes, and the pucks end up in back in that. Like, I went to the game on Monday against Calgary, and I'm watching, it, and the first two goals were just bad plays, two on ones, and they wound up in the net. And then the third goal went off Farabee's stick, broke it, and then went past Carter Hart. Like it was a, it was all just silly things that happened. But they didn't play poorly in that game. I thought they played a pretty decent game, actually. And then they still just couldn't score. And every chance they had, Markstrom was there for a couple of them. And then they just they couldn't finish their chances. And, you know, when guys like Nick Deloria are getting 15 minutes a night, it shows you how much talent you have on this roster. But there's so much deeper than that. If I have to see another freaking Nick Deloria 
try and fight to juice this team up again, I'm going to lose my freaking mind, Scott. I'm out of it. I'm so tired of Nick DeLore in this lineup. I know he's somewhat coming on. I know he was about an injured about a month ago now in Cam York. I don't care. Just bring him up. I don't care about Nick DeLore anymore. The fact that we have this guy on the roster for four years is mind-boggling, and that goes to the bigger issue that we're going to talk about tonight. But, like, I'm so tired of it. I know you wanted to re... re retool this franchise to to be stronger and not be bullied as easily. But Nick Delorier was not the answer. I'm so tired of it. Nick Delorier is worthless for this franchise. He's not giving you anything other than a meaningless five to 10 minutes of penalty minutes. I like, mean, but it, still, it's the only thing that's really been exciting so far. I mean, but it's not exciting. At some point, it's that's like the, I that's just what my point. That's yeah. my point. That's the yeah. only thing that's been exciting is when Nick Durlury starts something. Yeah, it's because this team has been playing. They team just can't win games. They just they can't win games. Tony D'Angelo got in a fight on Saturday against the Islanders. Like it, it's just come on. Like this is embarrassing, and I we're recording at the at the at, directly after the end of the Islanders game on Saturday. That, that so if we see anything come across with, with that uh, of a blow up or anything of of torts or any player, I know D'Angelo. I just saw D'Angelo in the post game, but I don't know what he said. I don't know what the closed captioning's on. Like I, I I just at some point, look, you blame the players, you blame the coaches, you fired a coach, you brought it, you 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 brought in an interim in Mike Yo. And then you brought in a new guy like Torts, and you're still on these ten game losing streaks. I'm sorry, like it, it, it's I, it, you know what the root problem is, and you have you you have done nothing about it for two years now. When that has been identified as the root cause of these issues, and it's Chuck fucking Fletcher. You're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, think think about this this way: is that what every team goes through injuries, but at, at, at this point. When you have players come up that aren't NHL caliber, it shows you that you don't have enough depth in your organization to really compete when these types of things happen. I mean, I think the big problem is with this is not that Chuck Fletcher has had a black cloud over him considering these injuries over the past few years. Again, I'm not I'm not trying to contradict myself or be it sound like a hypocrite. No. By the way, I'll let you finish. Like players will not make the excuse of injuries either. Coaches will not make the excuses of injuries either. It's only one person that kind of made the excuse of, oh, well, we were banged up this year. Two, fine, if you're raising your hand, Scott. It's Chuck Fletcher and you. <laughs> like, that Like that was it. But yeah. you're a fan. You're a podcaster. You can make those excuses. For Chuck Fletcher to look into the mirror and say, the problem wasn't me, it was injuries, and then you continue to sign and re-sign players that are injury-prone, it's just embarrassing. So well, I mean, and, and, and look at, look, first of all, let's start with the, let's start with the, let's start with the grand scheme of the, we're really going to go through a, a dissection of what Chuck Fletcher has done here. Let's start with the very first big move. And that was signing Kevin Hayes. Now, apparently, according to Charlie O'Connor and some other BB people out there, it, there's some, there's some riffs there right, with, with him and, you know, putting Kevin Hayes on the third line, pulling him from the center role and putting him on the wing when you don't have any other established wingers and kind of take a shots out of the media's it veiled shots, so to speak. I mean, before I even get into that, we'll talk about that later on. That's a side note. Remember that for later on, but let's start. It was, it was, first of all, it was Kevin Hayes. Then you brought in that Matt Niskanen. And this is what started this whole mess, was the Matt Niskanen issue, okay? It started everything, if you ask me. 
Him retiring suddenly, not being able to fill the hole between 20 and 21. Okay, we go out and get Ryan Ellis. You get Ryan Ellis. Guess what? Ryan Ellis can't play because now he's got a career-threatening injury. Okay, now you got another hole to fill. So, okay, Claude Giroux leaves. Okay, he gets traded away. Then you have to say, oh, okay, well, we have Couturier. Let's sign him to a long-term extension back injury. Why don't we bring in a guy like trade Jake Voracek and bring in Cam Atkinson? Now he's hurt, and he's considered week-to-week or whatever. We haven't seen, I haven't heard any updates on him in a long time. Now, you look at Chuck Fletcher. It's not like he hasn't made moves to try to make the team better, but every single move he's made has been met with some sort of injury or some sort of issue where those players have not been able to play on the roster. However, so it's not like he's not doing things to try to make the team better. What's handicapping the team, and it's going to down the line, is signing the contracts that now he's got no negotiating power off of. And I think that we really start to see that this past offseason, when you're trying to clear space on JVR, another player who's hurt, by the way, makes $7 million, He, You have him where you're trying to trade a 20-goal score in the National Hockey League, and teams want a first-round pick for him. And they want a first-round pick along with it so you can go and clear up cap space because it's much of a commodity. It's not so much the mismanagement of assets. It's the mismanagement of the cap. And now you're locked in, locked in long-term deals with Couturier, and we don't know what it, I mean, look, he'll probably come back and be healthy and fine, but it's going to be a while before he plays up to his level again. Ryan Ellis may never play again. No idea what's going on with Cam Atkinson. You have Travis Sanheim locked down, locked down to a long-term deal, and Rasmus Ristolainen, who I thought was improved last year, but has not looked good at all this year, locked down to another five-year, six-year deal at $5.5 million. So the issue is, if it's anything, it's causing what the issue is with Chuck Fletcher, why this team is stuck. It's not because of the talent they were able to bring in. It's because they're stuck with their cap because they've got so much money tied up in guys who either A, aren't performing, or B, injured. And you can't do anything with that. No no GM in the NHL is going to make a deal with him in any capacity knowing how desperate he is because of the situation he's got going on. So the, the issue, if you're going to call for his head, that would be the reason why. Not because of so much the team's performance, if you ask me. No, it's a hundred percent the reason. Like, like the other, and I would expand on that by just saying, trying to tell tell the fan base and us, oh, we're not a bad team. We're retooling for this upcoming season, referring to twenty two, twenty three, to expand on this roster and and get to the potential that we have. That's why you bring in tor. That's why we brought in torts, and that's why we uh, reshaped the, the 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 just the coaching staff because we think we have the talent there. And they just need a better voice in the locker room. Okay, well, you did that, and it's still not working. So at some, it's it all comes down to you've tried Plan A, you tried Plan B. Now Plan C is getting your ass out of here because what you have done is hinder this. Because anyone, we talked last week about like tanking for Bedard is back on the table, and it clearly is. Um, but any GM can make the pick and say, okay, Connor Bedard or whoever, whoever is there. Any GM can do that, especially when you're looking at a top five pick this year. What good GMs do is realize that the drafting of previous GMs has been either average to below average, and you have yourself have to realize that your talent in picking 
hasn't been up to snuff and maybe it will be the long term i mean that's one of the things that i will give him credit for in minnesota is the draft picks that he made out in minnesota have panned out pretty well so but it, 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 you have to fill in the gaps while you're waiting for those players to develop there was an interesting thing i think it was the t it had to have been the tnt broadcast on friday um against pittsburgh another blowout loss that you barely showed up for i mean the efforts are there every once in a while but like overall you're not playing a full 60 you're barely playing a full 40 so but the conversation sticking to my point was during the intermission talking and biz nasty and a few other a few other of that team were talking about um the development timeline for players today compared to even like 15 20 years ago and was it fair or not and guess what it's not fair I, I like I, I get it. It is not fair to the players like Cam York and at some point uh, uh, Cutter Gutierrez when they come up uh, have been drafted by the Flyers and they're expected to perform within two seasons, maybe even less, depending on who the player is. Like Cutter is going to be expected to be on this roster next year. Is that fair? No, but that's the NHL today, man. Sorry, and that's why you have to be a, at a premium. And know what you are scouting. Because if you don't know what you're scouting, you're throwing darts at a dartboard and hoping for the best, your ass gets canned very, very quickly. I just hope that you do it very quickly. Because Chuck Fletcher should not, this is where Chuck Fletcher has failed. You're, you're talking about cleaning house with everybody. Like cleaning yes. house from the, from the scouting staff, everything along the line. Is that far-fetched? I mean, maybe not. But the thing is, is that you know, you have this marriage now with John Tortorella. They're not going to can him by any means because, you you know, you're not going to pay two coaches to do nothing. This is nowhere near, like, uh, I think it was. I Speaking think of was, Tortorella, not to cut you off, we have our first fire, uh, what's it called? Our, our first first quote of the night. You want to hear this? Yeah, go. From Gianna Hahn of the Philly Inquirer. Quote, I'm not going to line things up for you, John Tortorella said. You watch the game, you can write it. She says that both Olivia Reiner and I tried to ask his professional opinion on what happened, both good and bad, and he absolutely refused to answer us or let us do our jobs. So, John Tortorella is, is probably, understandably, is very hot right now. I mean, look, go back to, I'd probably do some research. Go back to John Tortorella's career. I would say probably 10 game lose streak hasn't happened for him probably since he was with the Lightning when they were really bad, if ever at all. It's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. But I think the issue here is, is that I think that, you know, when this thing happened before, before when they fired Ron Hextall, there were other issues that were aligning with that, that were coming up with that, 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 that played into that decision. But it happened right before, I think, a long losing streak like this and the inconsistencies. You know, it would be one thing if the Flyers brass looks at this and say, man, we just, he's had bad luck, but look at our talent pool. I, I don't know if I can agree with that, though. I mean, look, I mean, I, I've said before that I believe that Chuck Fletcher could rebuild this franchise. But I think at this point, and I'm not calling sitting here saying they should fly, fire Chuck Fletcher tomorrow, but I think that the Flyers brass has to look at this and seriously evaluate making a change, not just for change sake, but look at the issues that he's done with the cap, with the biggest commodity, even if it raises up over the next couple of years, you have very, very little wiggle room. So you're in kind of purgatory here where you're not bad enough to be 
right there hunting for Connor Bedard, but you're not good enough to make the playoffs. So you're in that middle purgatory area, which they've been for the last decade because they try to stay competitive. And at the same time, the talent they have is lined up to large deals that, that doesn't play up to that money amount. So like Rastafestalina this year, Travis Sanheim this year. Sanheim hasn't been great this season so far, and you would expect them to tick up. Uh, you know, it's tough when, you know, you're defending the whole game because you have nothing up front. But that goes to show is that when you have guys like you're not your younger players to give a shot to, like if you're going to if you don't have enough talent on this roster, don't say that they're not ready. I mean, and honestly, it's up to torts, but like you should see like um some other younger players up here like uh, uh Tyson Forrester. Tyson Forrester probably. You're right. Cam York should probably be up here now. I mean, but at the same time, you can't really do that because you've got so much money tied up on your back end with some of these guys and you have so much money tied up on the roster itself. You, 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 you're not you have no wiggle room there. That was a clear ping point pain point we've discussed other podcasts have discussed beat writers discussed you can't say that you're going to play the kids in the offseason Tortorella that is he said that um leading into this season and then also at the same time realize that you're completely hamstrung in terms of where your cap space is distributed so it kind of forces your hand in terms of terms of playing veterans now unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at this thing, because of all these veterans now out, other than Kevin Hayes, everyone is out on the forward. Like, everyone, everyone's out. And Kevin Hayes is in the doghouse with Tortorella for whatever reason, despite being your most... Uh, uh, he has the most points on the team. He has, I think, seven in his last seven games. He's got 22 uh, like, points to start the season. It's his most of his career so far at this, to this point. And it's because he's getting top line centerman minutes. Um, and you alluded to it earlier, the COC thing with Charlie O'Connor. Like he was not on the ice when you blew the lead against Montreal. Montreal. And he was, was playing like, on the third line in that game. Right. And 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 and, and I want to make a point because I'm glad you I'm glad you got to that. You know, the point I look at that with the Hay situation, there's a lot of spec going on with that. We don't nobody really knows. There's there's a lot of a lot of, you know, um, Let's just say people getting insight in, in information and stuff like that. Not saying I don't trust it, but when you look at it as a whole, you know, what's the one thing in towards in an introductory press conference on the Zoom that he said about Kevin Hayes? What did he say? Honestly, I don't remember that there's more there. So if you ask me, this is Tortorella. I don't think it's discord. I think this is Tortorella doing exactly what he was brought here to do, like saying, I know there's more in this player here. I'm going to push this player harder, and if he's not going to put the effort, or, or not effort, but if he doesn't put in the expectation what I expected of a player of his, uh, how, of his tenure and his caliber, then I'm going to put him on the third line. I'll put Noah Cates up at center because I like what he does better because he's, he's buying into the, some, the certain things. I You're think also that, trying to develop Noah Cates as a centerman. Correct, but as she, he said, yes. But at the same time, you know, you want your 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 best center right now is Kevin Hayes. Yes, and you really need to do that. But I I respect Tortorella for not saying I'm not going to do it just for the hell of it. If he's not given what I need him to do, then that's the case, which is accountability, and I really like that. So if there is discord, it means he's pressing his buttons, and he's not just a guy who's coming in here and saying, I make a lot of money, you have no choice but to play me. And Tortorella's going to be like, yeah, well, kiss my ass. Guess what? Get your ass in the third line wing because you're not doing what I need you to do on yeah, other lines. Yeah, but there's also a time and a place for doing that. Like, 
You what, shouldn't. What? What other time and place? When, I get it, but when there's a minute left and you're on a losing streak at that point, which I, I guess would be six, five, whatever the number is against Montreal, and you have a chance to finally snap it, and you're up by one with a minute ten, whatever the number was, and you're you're just coming off. I believe it was an icing call. Montreal had taken a timeout. That's why you took Kevin Hayes off the ice because you put because he was already on the ice. Then you cleared it, and then you called Montreal called the timeout, like. Then Noah Cades comes on. You don't develop, like, there's a time and a place to say, I'm developing this kid to try and get a win. There's also a time and a place to go, it's not fair to put Noah Cades in this scenario when you're trying to snap a five-game losing streak at this point in juncture. I completely disagree with Tortorella to say, I'm going to show Kevin Hayes that I'm the guy that's putting him in, that's putting him, that's in control of your minutes nope, on the ice. It's nope, complete I, bullshit. No, no, I disagree with you. I think in that situation, you're trying to develop Noah Cates by putting him in a situation that he has to learn how to win. And if he didn't do it, he can go back and look what he needed to do wrong. That's the development there. See, that's, but, but, that, that, that's okay, the point I'm trying to make. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Hindsight is it's always not 20. hindsight. It's not hindsight. No, that's just it how it is. Because if you're still on a 10-game losing streak, Scott, you're, ten, you're on a 10-game losing streak again it, it, in the third time in the calendar year. Matter. It, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. He trusts Noah Cates more than Kevin Hayes in that situation, and part of it's that development factor of it. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's not about in that situation about, yes, you're trying to win the game, but at the same time, he looks at this and says, you know what? I trust Noah Cates more than there. I want to give him the opportunity to go out and do that. Did he get it done? No, but that's also part of the development there. So I have zero problem with the fact that he didn't put Hayes in the situation. Now, what a logical, as you look at this as fans, yes, I, I can see the logic of that. Like, yeah, you want to have your best center out there, okay? Lawton got hurt that game. Yeah, you're down to Kevin Hayes, okay? But that's the issue. You're, if, if it were that situation at the end there and Lawton was healthy, Noah Cates isn't even in that situation. It's, 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 it's Scott Lawton. So that's exactly my point. Is that in that situation when you're dealt that hand, when you're already down in center, you know what? I'm gonna put Katie out there, I like what he does that. So I, I I agree with it. I think it's coaching. I think it's development. I think if he really wants to develop, you have to put him in that situation. And have to learn the hard way, which he did, or the, the you know that the, the the good way where he actually makes a play and gets out of the zone. But even so, it wasn't even him that caused that last play to happen. It was Zach McEwen? Because Zach McEwen panicked with the puck and tried to flip it out of the zone right to a defenseman. So th- that's. That's people want to, you know, focus in on one point of the story with this. This is coaching and development saying Keisha, this is, should be a message to Kevin Hayes saying, I shouldn't have to put that guy in a situation. I should be able to rely on you to do that, but I don't. So he's pushing his buttons to be able to do that. I'm in complete favor of that, trying to push him to be a better player. And that's exactly what he does. You may not agree with it, but that's what coaching is. And that's the kind of coach John Tortorella is the accountability factor. I don't agree with it, but John Torella is like the lowest of the lowest issues right now for this franchise. Like the decision making that John Torella is doing in the 22 games that he has coached for the Flyers is the least of my concerns. One, because I think he is the right voice in the locker room for the team that they are sitting at right now. 10 game losing streak or not doesn't matter. This is all on at this point, and it's been on this point for a while now, Chuck Fletcher. Like, I, I, I John, or uh, Ron Hextall was fired, I think, around early December, mid December. Late uh, Thanksgiving. I can tell you exactly where I was. I was in Disney in 2018, two days after I got there. And uh, yeah, right after Thanksgiving. I remember that. So, because my wife right was yelling me to get time. off my phone. 
Oh, <laughs> she's nice. like, get yeah. off your phone. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm trying to find was, out what the hell happened because the Flyers just handled their, fire their GM. Like, it's not uh, unique for the Flyers to fire GMs in the middle of the season. It is rare, but it is not unique for the Flyers. What, what value does Chuck Fletcher give you? You have to make a change in some capacity. Because well, okay, so who are you going to bring but in? But the problem is, the problem is, you, you, the fan base was sold a bill of goods. We were told we had to get healthy, we had to retool, we had to sign Nick Delorier, we had to sign Tony D'Angelo to shore up that blue line. Whatever, fine. I don't give a shit. Go for it. If that's what you think has to solve this while also getting healthy, go for it. It's blowing up in your face okay. immaculately. Okay. Okay. All right. So let me ask you then. So now you got to make a change. That's really okay. what it, I, like for the such the sake of making a change. What's the yes. point of doing it? Ne- okay. What's the point of doing it now after the season? What was the point of doing Ron Hextall? What did Ron Hextall get you? Ron Hextall firing got you actually Carter Hart because that was what the first move that they made. They and brought it, up and Carter it, Hart and it got, because he 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 sacrificed himself for Dave Hextall, and that's what happened there. He wouldn't fire Hackstall, so they fired him. That's right. That's, I remember that, that. that's what You're happened. Right. He yep. he laid himself out because he was not willing to give up on Hackstall. Respect and, that. Respect when, that. When when full circle came around, when Chuck Fletcher was the, named the guy, uh, I can't remember what the move was, but basically Dave Hackstall came into Chuck Fletcher's office and said, "Can you guarantee my job for the next year?" And Chuck couldn't guarantee him that, and that was the end of it. And that was and, the end of it. So think about it this way: Gene Hinky died for our sins, or not? Uh, Sam Hinky died. Sam Hinky. Yeah, Sam Hinky died for <laughs> our sins. All right. I don't know. I don't know if it's a Gene. I don't know. I think a Gene Hart. Sam Hinky died for our sins. Okay. All right. Jesus died for our sins, and then Ron Hextall died for Dave Hextall's sins, and they all sacrificed themselves. And look what happened. Look what happened. I mean, maybe only one there comes out with a good story, but still, it, it's still it, 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 that, that's a point. My point I'm making is that. What, what what do you what if what 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 firing Fletcher now change it? I'm not, I'm it not saying I'm, it, it, I'm not it sends saying. a signal to the fan base that you know something is wrong. It you it sends a signal to the fan base saying something is rotten. We think we know what it finally is. We're doing something about it. You don't just let cancer sit around without addressing it once you know it's there. That's a great analogy, by the way. Um, but uh, no, I okay. So, let me ask you this. Let's take this one step further. Say you own the Flyers, okay? Say you're you're Dave Scott. I know I'm okay? Dave Scott and Comcast. Okay, yeah, you're, okay. You look at this and say, okay, we 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 know we know we know that we're in a a retooling or rebuilding or whatever the hell they're calling it now. We know that maybe Chuck, we we need to move on from Chuck. Maybe, okay. What do you do right? What 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 benefit is it right now? Not sending a message. What what hockey wise what is it? Is a benefit now? Because here's the thing: who goes in his place? Okay, who replaces him? Uh, what do you do? What's the plan for the off season? Are you just giving the the keys to Danny Briere? Are you going out and finding a tenured GM and pat, saddling him up with somebody, kind of like with the Dave Dombrowski thing, or when Pat Gillick was here with Ruben Amaro? Are you doing that? Um, or you're just going to run with it and, and, and go from there. That's, that's the issue. The, the issue isn't so much is, is, isn't, isn't just firing Fletcher. It's about what do you do for me? What other changes do you need to make? So I, I can't remember who brought this up, 
it might have been COC or one of those team members uh, at BSH. Of the voices that we have heard over the last, let's just call it since the new year, since January 1 of 2022. Like, the biggest voice in the room has been John Tortorella. He has been kind of the GM. He's not, like, he's not the GM officially, obviously, but he is very, he's talking a lot like a GM in his coaches' press, press briefings, news conferences, whatever you Are you, you saying just make Tortorella GM? No, 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 no. But, like, you just, not, a, not in an official capacity. Name Danny Breer. I don't give a crap. Bill Fair, whatever, or whoever the assistant Red GM Blair. is right now. Like, go for it. Name one of them. It doesn't matter at this point because Mike Yo was you knew was not going to be the long term solution. Just slap the interim tag on one of these guys and go from there because you got it. I know what I know what you're asking. I'm not uh, stepping away from it, uh, sidestepping it, but it legitimately is about messaging to the fan base at this point because you have lost the fan base more than you have ever thought you could at this point in time. Like, you are lower than low. Of the five major sports, because I'm going to include the union, especially after uh, their performance in, in this calendar year for the Major League Soccer, making a championship run. You are in the basement. You are lower than the basement as the Philadelphia Flyers of those five major sports. Hell, I'll throw in the wings for all I care. Six. Like, that is where you sit. Do they even sit. still exist? Yeah, the they do, apparently. I, I, I can't tell you I've ever been What about the soul, soul folder? Are they, are they more- soul folded. AH, yeah. Or the AFL folded. You are in the bottom of the basement as a franchise. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to gain. I'll give you that. I will give you that, Scott. You have absolutely nothing to gain doing Fletcher, kicking Fletcher to the door now compared to... Uh, March 13th or 15th, whenever the last game of the season is. You have nothing to do about it, but it sends a message. It's again, I'm going to go back to that line. If you know where the cancer is, you treat it right away. You don't wait. I'm not saying that I don't, I disagree with you, I, but I don't agree with you. I, 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 I don't think that there's something where they can just pull the plug on it now because what would be worse Keeping a lame duck, so to speak, in yeah, place. Yeah, he's, he's a lame duck. Yeah. Keep a lame duck in place or just completely remove him and then make it even worse without any plan in place and doing it just. And I think that that's where they're showing some resistance here. If you look at it from just my perspective, is that any business, and let's remember, this is a business. It's entertainment, but it's, it's, it's a business. They're not just going to take the guy who runs the whole operation for the most part and just say, you got to go because we just got to make a change. Okay. There's got to be something to preclude that because there's, there's something where you have to look at this and say, okay, now you're going to say, okay, he's gone. Now what? All right. Now, Danny Briere, you have only been here a couple of years in this role. Um, why don't you just take the wheels and go ahead and we'll, we'll go from there and we'll use your assistance and all that stuff. Making real change is cleaning the entire front office. That includes Briere. 
I don't think they want to do that. They're, they have very high, high hopes in that. I, I, I don't think that, and that's the thing is that just doing that now, you're not going to do it now and then clean house at the end of the season. You do it with coaching staffs, but not with general management. And I, and I, and, 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 that, and that's the point that people have to understand is that if, if Fletcher isn't the guy, you're talking about months of planning for this and their next move of what they want to do. And then going from there. Now they could do something where they could do that and then make Danny Briere interim GM, like they did when Bobby Clark resigned in uh in in two thousand seven two thousand six, and they pun Paul Holmgren took over, and eventually he lost the interim tag, and he took over as full GM. But he had GM experience with Hartford. And and, and but the the point I'm trying to make is that you're not just going to make change for the sake of change because they lost ten in a row. You you have to think it through this time because then it becomes another problem, and people don't want to see this. There's trickle down with this. There you have the a coach and a GM were kind of married together, so that's the thing is that like Yarmo Kekalainen was the GM in Columbus when when Torch was there all his whole tenure. Now, what do you do? You bring in uh, another GM, but it's not his coach. I mean. That's kind of what we're looking at here a little bit, and I and 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 I think that they're not ready to do that because they don't want to give up on Tortorella. They don't want to pay two coaches to not be here, right? And and I, you you're know, not that, firing that's Tortorella. Like you're I, I not, think... you're not, you're not, but you don't want to cause any more discord in the front office because it's presumption there might be some there. Who knows? I think there. Is, I think like. There is a. I saw this conspiracy out there actually just now scrolling through uh, Twitter. Like you're like, as we've said, you're in cap hell. You're not healthy. You took a very risky chance on an injury prone Ryan Ellis that not a very injury prone, but he was injury prone coming here, blew up in your face. Matt Niskanen, shocking retirement, whether it was about COVID, whether it was about injury, preventative injury, whatever the case blew up in your face. Like there's a conspiracy going around that, you're unhealthy again that Torts is just like, screw it. I don't, I'm not going to criticize the team. He said that. He's not criticizing the team's performance uh, against the Islanders tonight. And look, I, again, I know that, as you said, the reporters have a job to do in what the coach thinks about the team. But the coach also has to protect the players. Like, 100%. Like, he 100%. has to protect the players from this, this, this absolute crap. So I agree with you. There, is a, there could potentially... The coach and the GM are generally connected at the hip, but I also think, and I'm buying into the conspiracy, Torts and Fletcher are not getting along, or at least it's one way that Torts does not respect Fletcher, despite him being a hiring manager for him, doesn't respect him, knows that this is a, a, a ship going into a hurricane that they are not prepared for, and they're not going into Carolina, by the way. It's a legitimate figurative hurricane that they're going into and screwed, getting screwed by. Like, I don't, I think there's an argument to be made that Tortorella has lost respect for Fletcher because the plan is blowing up in his face. Like, I think it's legit. Um, Tortorella knew this team was not going to be good this year. I don't think he anticipated them to be this bad. And I, I think that, that, look, when I made my player protection back, I, I said the same, I thought the same thing. I thought that having a coach like Tortorella would be able to get the move, but it, they just don't have enough talent. At this point, you look at this roster and say, they just don't have enough gas in the tank to really 
get as far down in the road as they want. And that's the thing is that they, they don't have the horses to do it. They, they don't have enough power. They don't have make any analogy that you want, but any kind of vehicle or not getting from point A to point B, you know, they, they have three wheels on the car. They just don't have enough to get they, they just don't have enough right now. And, you know, it would be a different story if this team was completely healthy and playing this way. It would probably be worse. But you, you got to take this one. And listen, all the, all the blame is going to go on Fletcher because he's been the consistent one here. He has the Flyers under his tenure, three 10-game losing streaks in the last calendar year. So that's a problem. That, that, that's a major, major problem. And, you know, you can make all the excuses you want for the past couple of years of what happened and all that stuff. But if you're the Flyers brass... You really got to come up with a new plan. And it just really is that okay. And not so much because of the talent pool. They don't have enough blue chip talent. They have Cutter Gauthier. That's it. You can't expect Cutter Gauthier to come in here and be a game changer because look how long it took Jack Hughes to really get going. Jack Hughes is starting to tear it up. It took him three years. It takes a few years to get guys going. It really does. So um, that's that's one part of it. The The second part is, is that what really is going to hamstring this team is their inability to make any kind of hockey trade or anything because of the cap. Now, Hextall did a really good job when he was here engineering things out of that. Did he get great return? No, he gets guys like Yuri Letera, who gets convicted of crimes over in Finland or wherever the hell he's from. But, you know, the issue is, is that he, you're not going to be able to wiggle your way out of that situation. You know, teams are not going to deal and give you fair deals knowing that you're coming from a disadvantage to begin with. They have no leverage. They have no leverage whatsoever. You hope that some of the talent can start taking it up, but still, until this team has more depth down the middle, they can't do anything. Like, Owen Tippett is playing good hockey, if you ask me. I agree. Like, I think I, Owen I, Tippett I, has he, played very well. He's evolving into a good power forward. I saw him throwing the body around on Monday. He looked really good, got some good chances on goal, and he's got a hell of a shot. But... When you don't have a center who can feed you that puck, you're not you're not going to do anything on the wing. You're just you're just not. You're like you're you're not unless you're Alex Ovechkin. You're not going to do anything on the wing. So that's that's the the what's really is the the straw that's going to break the camel's back. If you ask me, is not just the cap space, but the fact that you look at their whole depth as a whole and see how weak they are up the middle through their system. That's really the biggest problem because without any kind of center depth or anything, you cannot be consistent. And, you, and that's that's what really is going to really hurt Fletcher at the end of this thing is inability to make moves. And they have not addressed. They spent so much focusing on that top pairing on defense. They lost track of what, what happened with center. You know, what if they never they never calculated the fact of what if Couturier goes down, what happens? They yeah. never calculated. Despite we get rid already of? having a back problem <clears throat> last season. Not even Did that. Now, I'm talking years ago. I'm talking a couple years ago. They never contemplated what would happen if they had to dump off Giroux. They never planned for it. So the issue is, is that now that you're in this cap situation and you don't seemingly have any kind of long-term plan to address any kind of blue chip talent, you're fucked. So that's the only other way I can really say that is that really is that if you're in the NHL and you're a general manager, you're like, why would I ever make a deal with them? Because they've got nothing they can offer me and I'm not going to give up anything for peanuts, but I know a GM also isn't going to be desperate enough to throw me a first round pick and I'm not going to take money off his plate. If that's the case, that's not going to help him. It doesn't help my team at all. So negotiating from that standpoint is very, very difficult. 
So yeah, they're in, they're in trouble. They're 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 he's he's in trouble. Excuse me, he's in trouble. The team that's a different story. Um, you know where you're not getting in trouble, Scott. DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook. Before we wrap up, this episode is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game. Do not bet on Philadelphia. And get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, which like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. I mean... The road ahead for the Flyers is just insanity. They have the Islanders again on Tuesday. Then they have Tampa. But it is a home game streak. Like, it's a home stand starting in Tampa, or excuse me, starting on the Islanders. Then you got Tampa, then the Devils, and then uh, Colorado and Washington. If I'm going to pick where that losing streak ends, I take the money line against the Devils, maybe? Because I don't think you're winning. Maybe you take the money line on Tuesday night. Maybe bounce back because it's a back-to-back, but... I mean, just look at that on DraftKings, see where it goes, and then go from there. I mean, honestly, just don't even bet on the Flyers at this point. Don't even bet on them because you're you're pissing away money. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You can see all of that in our show notes below. I I will say this. Maybe we shouldn't say, you know, that you shouldn't bet on the Flyers because that's something that would piss DraftKings off. (laughs) DraftKings wants you to bet on the Flyers. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Yeah, DraftKings wants their money. And if you're going to bet on the Flyers, you're going to lose it. So DraftKings stays happy. Well, you know what? There's going to be one game where they're actually going to win it and end that streak before they go on another 10-game losing streak. Because that's the the theme of this team. I think think the record might be this year is that they're going to go for three instead of two. Mm. That might be the goal. That's what it seems like at this point. Now, that that is something I would cheer for. Because you can see we're both wearing orange right now. Because we're we're celebrating the fact that you know this team is is just you know so great that they could just set these records and have three ten game losing streaks in one calendar year. Oh my God, Bill, this is real life. It's like, just it, it just doesn't oh, and, it doesn't and, make sense. And that's really just why you said I'm saying and beating the drum of just fire Fletcher now because nothing makes se- makes sense. Maybe this resets the time-space continuum for the Flyers and resets your calibration to become a respectable franchise again. Do something you're not really supposed to do twice in seven years, six years, whenever they fired Fletcher, like, or excuse me, uh, Ron Hextall in the middle of the season, which was obviously a different story because he was pre- protecting Dave Hextall, like you said. But, like, who cares at this point? You Just know what? I, I, got a better, I got a better idea. I got a better idea. All right. Let, let, let let's 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 find let's let's watch the movie Blade Runner, okay? Well, let's watch Blade Runner because they have that they have that technology of replicants. Like you know, like you make basically make another human, and you know you can make him do all these things. And let's go find where Ed Snyder is buried at, and and oh let's just let, let's replicate him, and then let's bring Ed Snyder back, 
And that would be the only thing that could really freaking turn this franchise around from losing this many games. Because you know what? Ed Snyder would not put up with this shit. And this is exactly what's happening. No, and, uh, you're right and on that's that. my point. And, and like, I'm not going to go into a, a, a tangent of they're criticizing, like, you know, Dave Scott and, and all them up there. And that's not my point. My point is, is that, like, th- the fact that they've had three in the last year, like, I agree, something needs to change. But I'm at the same time, you got to have a plan. Like, I can respect the fact if you think you're going to aggressively retool and you have a plan in place and it blows up in your face with all the injuries. Okay, I can respect that. But you, at this time, if that didn't work, at some point you say enough's enough. Yes, we do need, you need to make a move, but not so hastily where then you realize, okay, well, we fired the guy. Now what? Like, it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly like that. Like, you can't have a now what thing. You have to have a plan in place to fix this thing long term. And you really have to evaluate how you're going to do it. Because, listen... When, when, when they can Hextall, Chuck Fletcher was the voice outside of the organization that was coming in that wasn't part of the, you know, the country club atmosphere that everybody talked about. It, it really was the fact that he was a different voice coming into this building. That hasn't worked. Now, maybe, maybe the, and they need an outside voice, but what are you going to do? Like, Jim Rutherford's a good GM, but he's in Vancouver. You know, you have some other, you know, look at Don Wondell resurrected his career and look what he's done out of Carolina and made some really good moves down there. You know, Paul Holmgren did it, did I, it here. I, and, and of it's, all of those, because you're saying good GMs, like you just find those assistant GMs in those organizations, interview them and pick the best candidate. But that's not the guarantee. That's not a guarantee. It's that's not, not a guarantee, guarantee. but it, it, it sticks to the theme of an outside voice because I think you do stick to the outside voice. But Chuck Fletcher didn't win in, in Minnesota. He like he it wasn't like he created this powerhouse that has won multiple Stanley Cups with and without him as the GM for that franchise. Like he's just a guy that his dad was a great GM, so he kind of Cliff. Be, yeah, Cliff was like, a legendary GM. Yes, like so his dad was a great GM, so everyone was like, "Well, Chuck will be a great GM," and in some aspects, he is a good GM. But, but like, most the, of the part. Most of the time, he's a crappy GM. Well, the, like, this that's is really what, what it comes down to. This is he's where a you crappy need like, GM. You need a gray hair in the room. You need like a Brian Burke type deal. I love Brian Burke, but I know he's not going to do another GM role. And he's 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 out in in Pittsburgh. But like that's what you need. You have a you need a guy to come in here who can. Con- it really need to do what kind of the Phillies model was. Was kind of like with Dave Dombrowski, a guy who knows the talent, but uh, have someone in here to come in here and, and tutor somebody and make the decisions. That would be the smart move, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, and I think that that could be something where they, hey, look, the plan is we're going to bring a senior advisor, a senior thing, someone in here, then Danny Briere's could be the next thing. I'm okay with that because at least you have a plan. Or if you say, you know what, we're going to bring an outside GM in again, someone else, you know, and Danny's going to stay on board and all that stuff. I'm fine with that as well, as long as there's a plan in place. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just can't say, Chuck, you got to go. Here's the door. Pack your shit. Like, you, you can't do that. You have to have a plan in place. And I really think that if anything, that plan probably wouldn't be executed until the end of the season at this point. Because, and, and that's what you have to do, because you have to evaluate. You might need John Tortorella's input on that as well. Say, hey, look, you've been around. Who can you work with? Like, not so much who can you work with, but I mean, like, you know, who do you know who's been, who can help build, re- fix this thing? Because they have talent in their pipeline. 
It's not blue chip talent. <laughs> like they, and like they have to figure out a way to develop these players. So when they do come up in situations like this, you're not touting Patrick Brown out there for 15 minutes a night. So that, 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 that's the key. That's the key is, is defining that middle ground where you have these guys come in, where they have enough talent, where you can get the most out of them. Not guys where, yes, they work hard. You know, I mean, I'm not criticizing the play of the team because really what's ending up in their net is just turnovers, simple turnovers and mistakes, middle mistakes here. They're, they're playing overall decently, but it, they haven't won a game of 10 games because they don't know how to win because they don't have enough skill to help keep pace on the scoreboard. And that's what's killing this team. So there's a lot going on there. And there's, look, it's, there's so many different things you can break down with it. And I know I could sit here and talk hours on it, but I know you're getting bored at this point. Um, it's the truth. I said I, we were going to only go for 30 minutes tonight, and we're and at we're, 49. We're 49. But, I mean, there's a lot to break down with it because it's the truth. There's so much of this going on. But, ultimately, I will say this, Bill. You're right. There's one person who's at fault for this in this situation. It is Chuck Fletcher, or Fletcher, whether direct or indirect. And because of cause and circumstance, he's been the main consistent piece. So, yes, if they need to make a change... Yeah, make the change, but have a plan in place to make sure that the next decision and next year can get you out of the mess you're in because that's the problem. That you need to find someone who can fix you and get out of cap hell again so you can figure out a way to move this train forward and make the moves you need to make this team better. Can't believe we have to do this again. Talk about another 10 game losing streak. That's going to do it. Episode 132 of Orange and Backcheck. Follow us on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all in the description below. Just search Orange and Backjack on wherever you are following us to follow us. Make sure you're doing that. Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. If you have a question, if you have an input, we want to hear it from you. Until next week, how high is this losing streak going to go? Let's find out. See you next week. I'm going to make one last point to piss everybody off. The Flyers have as many 10-game losing streaks in their franchise history as the Penguins do Stanley Cups. You're a dick. <laughs>